Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters. I'm today joined by a special officer, Mr. Fur, and also a special officer, Paniatu, over here, who's uh, come to be my bodyguard. Special needs. <laughs> special needs? What? <laughs> <laughs> you're insulting yourself. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay. Well, there we are. We, um, we at The Lotus Eaters are the best bodyguards. They're the most special. <laughs> Mummy says so. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, today we're going to be talking about Imagine Doing Something. I want you to believe and then, then give up on it. Um, Lesbian Nana 2, Pepper Spray Hullabaloo, and Queers for Palestine, which would be jolly good. Quite an eclectic mix today, isn't it? Okay. Uh, there, there was meant to be a promotion, but that's being changed as we speak, so we'll move straight into the news, I suppose, um, because I don't have to do a plug. Hey. So there we are. Let's, let's enjoy the bodyguards. Oh, sorry, but it, before we started, they, they, Josh said it was like I have bodyguards, and now I can't get the image out of my mind. I, I said it. It was yeah, oh, you said it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for giving me credit anyway. There we are. Let's, uh, let's move into before I make a bigger fool of myself. <laughs> so, imagine doing something for once. It's a, it's a tough ask. I, I think I'm always true. busy. I don't want to do any more. Okay. Well, I mean about fixing the country. Oh, right. Fair like, enough. If you were sat there with ultimate power, you know, you were in government, that, that long, long goal. And then you thought, maybe I should do something with this. No, you, you get into power and then you put your feet up, don't you? And wait for the money to flow in. That's how it works. Well, seemingly. I mean, we'll start off just by looking at, I'm sure everyone is aware, but if you're not, here's the polls for the UK. And if we go three years, just to make it a bit more clear. Oh, you dear. Can see, look at that fall. Look at that brilliant fall of the Conservatives. Labour's nearly at 50%. Yeah. And we've, we've been uh, forced to death. That, you know, The only reason Labour's there is because Conservatives just disappeared from the realm. And, um, and rightfully so. You'd, you'd hope that reform would be much higher, but they're not. But the point being that if you're a conservative minister or anything else, um, you just, just do nothing is, is seemingly the modus operandi. And now they've said, what if we did something? But that something is not very impressive. Well, we'll see why. And the something is, how about all those boat people, you know, those illegal invaders? No, I've never heard of them. What if we didn't keep them in multi-million pound hotels? I know it's a, a lot to ask. I know it's a radical solution. But how are they going to enjoy the luxuries of Britain and decide on whether they're going to stay or not if if, if we don't put them up in nice hotels, Callum? uh, They should go to multi-billion ones. That's the change you were talking about. Yes, indeed. Uh, There is actually something to this. I remember, what was it, the British who arrested German officers. When we brought them to Britain, they wouldn't go to POW camps. We'd put them in really fancy country houses in the hope (laughs) that they would start talking because they'd be relaxed, and they did. And we'd bugged all the rooms. So we could hear stuff that was intelligence from yeah. imprisoning these guys. Well, anyway, the news is that they've decided that they're going to close a whole 50 hotels to the illegal invaders um, of 400 that are in use. So that's about 12%. Isn't that are. going to affect the hotelier industry as well? Yeah. As in, there, there's had to be loads more hotels open up just to mitigate for the offset of the government using them all for these boat people. Find out who truly rules you. Find out who you cannot criticize. It's Premier Inn, <laughs> more Holiday Inn. But. They've, they've always ruled us, Callum. Yeah, but they say in here the hotel contracts cost the taxpayer eight million pounds a day, which the immigration minister said it was uh, unsustainable. Turns out, as like eight million quid a day is is not the best use of money. Wow, they it's must have really had all their accountants on that. It, it turns out because I, you always hear that figure go up every like month. Like a couple months ago, there's this Daily Mail article talking about the Stockholm barge, this thing. Um, so two months ago, it was six million a day. In two months, it went up two million a day. So every month, it goes up 1.5 million a day. Blimey. That's just fucking mental. What does it run on? Melted gold? 
Well, how much are you charging for these rooms? Is what I had in my mind. Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a floating prison from China. It doesn't it doesn't look appealing. Looks like an eight. Well, how much was it? Because does, it was yeah. eight million per day. Yeah. Now they're gonna have another. <laughs> sending us a signal. But how much would you pay for this lovely room here? It's spacious. Um, uh, I, I I I would ask for money. Uh, if someone told me to stay there. Maybe fifty quid a night is you know at a push. If I was desperate, you know. I'd, £800 a night. What on earth? That's what this guy is charging the government. What, for the barge? Yeah. What else? Per migrant, 800 quid a night. Thank you very much. You could ship them away on a cruise around the Med for that. Bro, it's too expensive to port them, but we will pay £800 a night for the Oh, wait, a night? Not even a month? No, no, a night. To stay here. In this place. If, If using the government to generate money that you wouldn't otherwise get hasn't been as obvious as possible. Here it is. Yeah. And we've gone over this guy before. He, I think he runs Clear Springs or some crap. I can't remember, but he makes millions off this. And people making millions off government stupidity is nothing new. But the big story is that they come out and said, I'm going to close down a bunch of the hotels. We hear you. We uh, realize that everyone hates us. So maybe we should do something nice, such as saving you money. Could just deport them all. It would be a better solution. But... They said they're going to close down some hotels. Well, it turns out they're not going to close down the hotels where we live in town, for example. We have, uh, we've mentioned previously, there's a bunch of hotels mm-hmm. in Swindon that are like this or any other ones that people have to deal with. Instead, the ones they're closing down are mansions. Turns out, I didn't know this, we'd been using various mansions across the country as hotels for illegal invaders. That's Downton Abbey style. You know, the, the next season is how they... Ha- they have a lot of people from the channel <laughs> downtown abbey it's downtown abbey 2020 imagine seeing them all in their sort of period drama dress having it having tea and cakes and then there'll just be a somali in the corner of the garden squatting down <laughs> yeah squeezing one out and then there's five guys who are speaking french from Burkina Faso, <laughs> and then a couple of guys from sudan who are speaking arabic and it's just like ah i'd be pulling pulling the copper wire out of the, the house probably very much white be but you can see here, this is the headline. Luxury mansions handed over to migrants will be closed. First under government crackdown. I said, how did it get this bad? How did it, oh, sorry, but this is like the level of corruption in this country is so ridiculous. Like who is making millions of renting that to the home office? Because whoever owns it is making a fortune for sure. It's another terrible day to be a taxpayer. Yeah, well, the details in here, uh, I, I would say funny, but they're not, which is you expect, okay, maybe... Okay, this might be an exaggeration, right? This this thing here, this this Queen's Palace esque building, can't have actually been used for this. Uh, it turns out it was, so that's uh, it's good news. Um, do you want to see it? You want to take a look? Yes. It's gonna make me mad, but go ahead. Oh, there should be another link in there, John. Apparently, it's uh, not been loaded, so we'll have to go back. I like how I'm I'm trapped in perpetual rent slavery while these losers are put up in these lovely mansions. Yeah, contributed nothing. So uh, we're going to wait for John to just put the link in there. But this uh, place is actually real. That's, that's not the link that should be used. Um, it should be Rochford Hall, that link, instead, which is, which is the one for this one. It's uh, the one that's previously mentioned. So the ones we can see. Uh, I get to that article real quick. My apologies. This one here. Because it has a ballroom, as you can see, at the left there. Because, of course, if you're a lowly Somalian who's just broken into the country, first thing on your mind is black tie. Mm-hmm. Why would it not be? There's a... I mean, they probably did pack all of that, didn't they? I mean, we're, we've, the, we've seen them firsthand. Many of them are sort of fighting age young men with lots of designer clothes. 
their very own bicycle, which definitely isn't stolen, and a whole host of um, other luxuries you wouldn't expect of someone fleeing war. So here we go. This is what happens if you Google that name. You get temporarily closed. I wonder why. Mm. You can suggest an edit. Uh, full of invaders. Not usually the one. Here we go. This is... Um, <laughs> it looks lovely. I don't know where you live. Probably not as nice as this. No, I live in Swindon. You know how you get this? You commit a crime. You break into a country. I have genuinely criminal. been thinking that at this point, a prison cell is, is greater luxury <laughs> than... <laughs> Well, I know they're probably not state being, of working and living. They're probably not being given this, right? They're probably given at least. I don't eight, think they're going for the full sort of. But these are brunch. the rooms, like these are the bathrooms, etc. This is the living style. To be fair, that bathroom isn't as nice as I thought it would be relative to the rest of the house. Still not bad. But still, when you wake up in the morning and you walk outside into Swindon, what do you see? Uh, this. It's a hive of scum and villainy, to quote Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, you and, don't get uh, to see other beauty. Like Tatooine, there are a bunch of sand people as well. And uh, that's not the only one. They say in here, others hired by the Home Office include the four-star Tudor-style Great Hollingbury Manor in Essex. That's this one here, which, um, again, for some reason, we're using this to house illegal invaders who have broken the law. Lovely sort of traditional house. I imagine it's probably not authentic. To make um, a good impression. Yeah, we 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 want to convince them to stay Stelios because uh, you know they they come from a nice warm country. They're not used to the weather. It's four stars that We've one. Got to win them over, don't we? Lovely dining hall, fantastic. There's also uh, a couple more. Are uh, they saying here they also? Uh, is it breakfast included? Breakfast included. I think breakfast is included. all meals. Yeah, at least the ones we've seen previously. There should be another link in there, John, as well. The next place we're actually loading up, which is the four-star Kahili Court, a Victorian country house. Uh, hotel with a spa overlooking the Worthing Lakes in Wigan. I mean, to be fair, Wigan. But <laughs> that does sort of cancel out the spa. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's sorry. To be fair, to pe bit, the people of Wigan. It's a bit unfair on Wigan. Because, yeah, um, that was a bit harsh. Yeah, I retract my statement. It's not fair. <laughs> we get that up, John, or, or not? Because uh, we put it in there. I don't know why it's not working. Nope. Well, never mind. Whatever then. It's. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, to say the least. I mean, you've already seen what's there. But they say this is going to save £250 million a year by not putting them in luxury manor houses. You would have thought that that would have been sort of day one. I the one thing we don't want to do is put them in the most ex expensive accommodation in the country. I want the person who suggested the luxury manor houses to be, I don't know, charged with crime? Um, crime against the British? Treason, maybe? Okay, that's more like it. I, I was going to say... I was wondering where it was going when you just said, oh, I think they should be charged with a crime. And this sort of brings, well, some context to this graph here. This is a graph showing cumulative arrivals by people crossing the channel in small boats. These are the invaders. And as you can see, um, it goes up, line go up, world not mm -hmm. more good in this case. It's almost like people realized it's not, I mean, there weren't really any world events to encourage this. It was just Yeah, it originally chancing. was, we'll put you in a mansion, please don't do it. It's not, it's not very convincing. And uh, here's the data. So Migration Watch has the data. As you can see, it's now over, what is it, 111,000 people in four years? Fantastic. That's normal. 
That's, that's something that literally never used to happen, as you can see here. But 2018, it's, it's basically zero. We should take the uh, Chinese approach, which is uh, when someone crosses into the border, the state seizes them and then steals their organs as recompense. <laughs> <laughs> is we that the Chinese make, approach? We would actually make a profit. I, I'm not sure about that. I, I, it happens to some people. It's not, you know, who's really trying to break into China? Fair. I mean, uh, personally, I prefer the, the, the Russian approach I saw recently, which is... um. They started conscripting illegal immigrants to go fight the war. <laughs> and then there was um, a bunch of pro-Ukrainian accounts I follow, and they were tweeting this footage of the illegal aliens getting arrested and then conscripted. And their captions were all like, evil Putin has done this. And even their own audience were like, eh. <laughs> go back to Uzbekistan or... So what I'm hearing is, if we want to finally get rid of this, we need to start a war somewhere. Basically. I mean, it does kind of make sense as well, because you think. If you serve in the army for three years or whatever, fair enough, you can stay here. But if you literally just break in, well, yeah, we're in the army now. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I suppose it's also a good test because if you're, if you have absolutely nothing to offer, you're not coming back, are you? Certainly, there is some data here as well that's of interest, which is just uh, throughout the years things have changed. As you can see there, the Iranians disappeared, and then various other groups. Oh yeah, Vietnam, that famous war that definitely isn't now. <laughs> the other thing to keep in mind here is, of course, people lie because they throw their documents in the trash or in the mm -hmm. sea. So I love this one here. Just that single year in which it was all Albanians for some reason. <laughs> 2022 was a bad year for Albania. And by that, they ran out of drug money. So they had to come over here, of course get it did. firsthand. And this year so far, we have a complete mix of people, including India. The great crisis of India. People fleeing the war in India. Also, there are plenty oh, of legal yeah. routes for Indians. It's not like we've got a shortage. We hit a million every year of them. Mm -hmm. I think it's half a million Indians, sorry. That's, uh, about a million. We've got a stockpile of Indians. We've got enough Indians that if the entire continent of India just disappeared, we could regrow India again. I mean, we kind of have. There are some parts of London where I wonder if you did do like a... What's that figure for measuring um, populations basically being good? Like GDI or whatever? I, have no I can't remember. Okay, whatever. There's, there's a figure. What do you mean uh, metric starting populations being good? Basically, it's like human development index or some crap oh, like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some okay, UN yeah. statistic. I do wonder if you did that for the most Indian areas of London and then did it for India. I mean, you could make an argument that we basically have remade India in London and done a better job. <laughs> Part of the conversation to be had. <laughs> but, but back to this. Because the real concern about all of this is. Um, Okay, sounds cool. You're going to stop putting them in mansions. That's, that's neat. So where are you going to put them? Uh, the answer has been on the streets. Great, thanks. That's fantastic. A thousand asylum seekers could be homeless for Christmas. Only a thousand, and only in Birmingham. There yeah. should be more. Shouldn't, let, shouldn't they all be homeless? Well, they all are homeless. They're well, just stealing houses from... Apparently they are, yeah. But I, I, I can't get over this. So the, the solution has been that they're going to stick them in council housing. And Birmingham council here are whining because... Well, we can't do that. Yeah, because... we've already got an, enough homegrown parasites already. We don't need more. I'm talking about people who are sponging off the taxpayer there. Mm -hmm. So the uh, situation in Birmingham is uniquely Birmingham, I must say, though, which is that they, uh, their unique problem is that the Home Office has decided in Birmingham that they must speed up the process. So a process that would usually take years to determine if the person is actually an asylum seeker, whether they're a piss taker, whether they're a terrorist. You know, that never happens, except all the time. I take it you heard about that story of the the Hamas leader getting like a £120,000 grant to buy a house in London. It, it makes you so mad, doesn't it? It's just like 120 grand is a significant a number times my net worth. We give that to the leader of Hamas. But any local can go, I don't know, 
kill himself? <laughs> what, what does it matter? I, I mean, their position is the native should just die. But they say they're going to fast track these people instead. So they're going to they're going to do the process in a couple of months. I'm sure it's going to be done well. Yeah, I mean, don't you have faith in the people who let this all happen? I'm sure the people who are working in the asylum claims are going to be very critical of what they're saying, and they're not going to take it at face value. So Birmingham Council here, the reason they're particularly whining, is they say that, well, as soon as they get an approval, they've got to find alternative accommodation, so please think of the councils, because what will we do? Yeah, because they've never been known to waste money, have they? <laughs> but I mean, it's more the point that council housing, yeah, I mean, God, could you imagine if the British government instead decided to put loads of foreigners in the council housing instead of, I don't know, poor British people who need the help, that, so, that you know, the safety net we keep talking I could about. never imagine that happening. But what, it, what, what is this crazy talk, Callum? But I do want to get back to that point. You know, when we ever talk about liberalism and someone always says, oh, okay, there needs to be some kind of safety net for people who fall through the cracks or have a terrible time or something horrific happens to them and their family. Does that really exist? Yeah, it's called family. You know, okay. if, if I lost my job um, for some reason... Sure, I, um, I get the libertarian argument. You know, family should be the one. You yeah. Well, I've always had the philosophy of you've got to wrong a lot of people to end up on the street. Like you've got to alienate all of your friends and family and not have a sofa to sleep on to get there. So, what have you done to do that? I mean, to be honest, there is one thing I've seen a short from Andrew Tate that was brilliant, where he just sits there and is like, "Could you imagine if you ended up homeless and then you've got two weeks on a friend's couch? You are not going to let that friend catch you sleeping. Like, what are you, an idiot?" Because if, if even then, if you alienate him, like, okay, yeah, you deserve to be homeless. Yeah, way. I mean, it, you would do like the housework. You, you, they'd come home, their, yeah, their house would be immaculate. You'd be like, I really appreciate this. Do you want me to go do your shopping for you? you know, either that or you, you want to be homeless. Yeah, you want to make it as easy as possible for that person to, to keep you there, right? And don't get me wrong, I get that argument. But the, the usual thing where you will end up agreeing on, or at least I say we, I mean like society, is like, oh, well, there should be some social safety net for, I don't know, single mums or some crap. Well, th there isn't one, really, because we have the data. As you can see here, 48% of households that are social housing in London are now headed by someone who's not born in the UK. And this guy here has learned what we've been saying for about two, three years. Supply may matter, but it won't resolve the housing crisis until we tackle demand. That social safety net we've built in this country doesn't exist for the native population. About half of it doesn't exist for the native population. About half of it exists for foreigners at this point. The welfare state isn't even looking after the welfare of the people in the state. Or the people paying taxes. Well, almost certainly not the people paying taxes. But it was never for people paying taxes. And it should be. Make the argument. But even if you're like some social democrat who's like, well, you know, we need a strong safety net for poor people who blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. Even if you conceded that point, in the modern age, it's not even for the poor people of this country in the slightest. Literally half of it at this point is for foreigners. Never well, I mean, mind. It's also the future. There's also the fact that, you know, poverty is defined as having one flat screen and maybe not a car. It's like, come on. And this is also creating, you know, just a bomb for taxpayers. Oh, yeah as well as other bombs, depending on where they're coming from. But I just can't get over the, the absolute state of this country. It is, it's just friggin' comical that not only are we giving out apparently 100 grand grants to members of Hamas to buy housing here, uh, we will literally give foreigners free housing, half of our free housing, in fact. You know, imagine in London, yeah. Because when they build a new estate as well, you expand the town, build a load new housing, there's requirements that some percentage of it has to be social housing. Which is awful, by the way, because you buy a house and then you live next to some entitled proles that are going to ruin your time. It's like, I worked hard to finally be able to buy a house and then there's some scumbag across the road. You're such so much, a stuck-up posh Brit. I love it. 
Yeah, one of, one of, my, <laughs> one of my friends, you know, bought a house in his, his 20s and he lived opposite a council house and the, the, the person in the council house thought that he parked his car outside of his driveway, which isn't his, it's supplied by the government. So he put a nail underneath his motorbike's tyre and he saw him doing it and he confronted the bloke. What happened? Well, he told, he, he told him not to do it and uh, said, if I catch you doing it again, I'll call the police. I, I know what you mean, because we had, um, in my town, they opened the new estate, and uh, some family friends of ours moved into that new estate, and they paid half a million for the house, because they're like accountants or something, they made loads of money. And then right next to them, on both sides, were council houses. And even as a child, I looked at that, I just thought, how exactly are you, are you meant to justify that? Like you, You've paid so much money to live in a nice new area, and the next year is people who just get free. Yeah. Ghettos are a human right. That's my opinion. Well, the government's uh, standard of where everyone should live. But it's not only will you get now um, some guys next to you who got it for free and are kind of just paying the ass. Instead, you will have Rahim and Kaham, who have come from Sudan, and um, they get that house because literally Reasons. the social safety net is for them, not for us. But I'll end this off just with a quick mention of the Americans, because they've been a bit worse say, saying that. Just wanted to keep an update on just how bad America's getting at this point. Well, the southern border situation's appalling at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I think we left off back when it was like here or something, and it's got even worse. You can see these months here a quarter of a million per month over a quarter it's of a million. Absolutely. It is absurd. so bad there that even some Democrats have started uh, talking against the federal government. Well, yeah. I saw some Democrats saying, actually, we do need to build the wall. And I was just like, oh, how long has it been? It's only taken, what, seven years? The people to actually it's agree. Weird. They, the, the, there was an incident in New York that uh, there were um, some buses sent from Texas. Oh, that was Greg Abbott, yeah. Yes, and uh, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, was saying that, you know, it's, it's a problem now. We can't do it. We can't live. So many people can't live here. Can't live like this. Why? Because so diversity. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, population density in New York. I mean... It's, it's unconscionable. But do How you remember also the other community in Chicago? There, were, uh, there was a black community, 97% voted for Democrats. And then after a while, they were complaining about uh, lots of uh, illegal immigrants being housed uh, right next to them. And they were saying, we, we have lived here for so many generations. Yeah. <laughs> Who else has lived in this country for so many generations? But only one group's allowed to do it in the United States, <laughs> as you say. And it's not, I just round up the numbers here just to end this off, which is you've got you know, several million there. I think it was six million almost, plus the a million legals as well. So in the Biden years so far, about more than 2% of the population has been uh, ethnically replaced there. And um, well, you literally can put it down to opinion polling as well, the damage that's been done there. This is just an article from The Hill looking at illegal immigration, not even legal. Look at this. This is a graph over the years from the 2000s. Views on it, whether or not you care about illegal immigration. Just the Democrats, nope, never. Just continuously going down. That's a testament to how effective propaganda has gotten. Because in the early 2000s, that the Democrats and the Republicans were somewhat similar, weren't they? And the Democrats took a very different line. And over time, clearly the brainwashing has worked. And of course, back then, the <clears throat> sort of disapproval or approval or what have you would have been lower because it was less of an issue. So just like, oh, I don't really care. So that's probably And why. there's a huge dive from 50 to 34. They're close to 2017 to 2018. And I think that this was uh, the whole anti-Trump agenda. Mm -hmm. Almost certainly. Yeah. But I love how the problem gets worse, the Republicans get more worried. The problem gets worse, the Democrats are happier. They scored that. 
But anyway, there we are. Could you imagine doing something uh, if you're the British government? Apparently not. Apparently you're going to move people from luxury mansions into um, council housing on everyone's new estates instead. Yeah, that'll be a vote winner. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, both of those are so awful in a policy point. You deserve political death. I want to throw something. That's my, my intelligent political commentary for today. Um, no, you're not wrong. <coughs> I do apologize for my cold, by the way. It, it's going to be bad and I'm going to be husky. It's gone around the whole office, Callum. It's inevitable. It's gone around me. Well, Carl gave it to me and I'm going to give it to you. That's what's going to happen. Right. I, I know what you want. It's the, it's the weird song. I did get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> right. I suppose you both remember Lesbian Nana. I know Stelios definitely does because he I covered it originally. Do you Hard remember Lesbian forget. Nana, Callum? Is this the police officer that looks like a lesbian? And if you say that, she'll come around and arrest you. Yeah, especially if you're a teenager. Um, she likes picking on kids, apparently, um, because she's she, she seemingly done it again. But of course, what I'm referring to is this story. Um, anger is seven police officers. Um, it, it was seven. Was it? I thought it was six. Um, arrest crying autistic teenage girl for saying one looks like her lesbian nana. Which isn't an insult because uh, normally people are fond of their grandparents. Um, What's wrong with I know was. Answer? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It was interpreted as being homophobic. It was yeah. mine reading. Yeah, well, the police love doing that now. They know what's going on in your head because, of course, the state has got too it's powerful. It's pre-bunking. Weren't you talking about pre-bunking the other week? Yeah, it is indeed pre-bunking. Yeah. But um, yes, um, this was supposedly a homophobic hate crime, even though saying that you look like a family member isn't an insult in my books. Normally it's a compliment. But um, yes, um, if we go on to the next one. Um, okay. Um, oh, sorry, John, you did it. Um, they did get a complaint and eventually nothing came of it. So here's the independent reporting from a little while ago. Autistic girl arrested over homophobic remark will face no further action after outcry, which isn't really a surprise because, you know, how do you prove that she's homophobic for one comment that is perfectly innocuous as far as I'm concerned? But um, the story uh, somewhat thickens here in that if we have a look, um, I'll, I'll skip over that just to mention Stelios did do a segment if you want more details on it but um, there was this um, police statement as pepper spraying officer clashes with Leeds mob in ugly Rothwell Street row and um, if you can tell from that blurry face that don't worry like a lesbian nana it, it may well be in fact John can we play the video of her going a bit crazy and I'll, I'll give the context afterwards so here is Nana herself. See, she's the only one really kicking off here. What the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Just randomly pepper spraying people. And, and notice all of the other police officers are kind of just calm. Yeah. This is why I always thought, you know, ending bullying in schools was a bad thing. Because when you give the people who are picked on, probably like her, um, power, they will do it far worse. I don't know. I'm against bullying. <laughs> Not like just for the sake of it. Well, if she teasing, is a bully. Teasing people for having flaws is fine. 
But you're right. She is the bully. Yeah, she is. I mean, yeah. For people who That's work. what I'm, I'm arguing is that, yeah, the, these kinds of people um, yeah, you it, might not be uh, traditionally regarded as high status, might be um, more prone to using the state to be violent. Exactly. So, yeah. For people who can't hear the, uh, see the clip because they're listening, I just want to describe what happened, which is that you've got this event going on, some scene in which the police are intervening, and then they're shouting at people to get back. And all the men are just standing around, you know, shouting people to get back, and then they are. And she just goes mental, runs into the crowd, and then pulls out pepper spray and pepper spray some random guy. It's, it's like, like there's a bucket list. And, she, and you know, it's like, you know, I want to pepper spray people. <laughs> Check. Yeah. So I'll give you some details of what actually happened. Thanks for explaining it. I, I always forget that people listen. I've been doing this for long enough. I should know by now. But um, supposedly, uh, West Yorkshire Police, which is the um, police force which Lesbian Nana works for. I'm going to continue calling her that, by the way. Yeah. I know it's a hate crime. I don't care anymore. I've got nothing to lose. Come and arrest me. Um, but anyway, uh, they were called to somewhere in Rothwell in Leeds about five o'clock on Sunday. Um, apparently there was a large disturbance. They got there and there's a mob of residents who were basically hurling abuse at the police. It's pretty standard for sort of working class estates when the police turn up anyway. Um, apparently three officers received minor injuries and two men were arrested. Um, believe it or not, for assaulting police, which um, makes sense. Apparently, they also recovered some Class A drugs, but they said, um, this is a police statement, we are aware of footage circulating on social media around some disorder on 3rd Avenue, Rothwell, on Sunday. Um, the matter is being investigated and body-worn footage is currently being reviewed. A referral has been made to the Professional Standards Directorate. So it seems like she is probably going to be investigated now. Because that is pretty explicit mention of that video, right? Saying that they're looking at the conduct and they're looking at professional standards. The hell else could be in the wrong? Well, yes. Basically, nothing happened and she went there and tried... Well, she assaulted well, someone. Well, something, something yeah. did happen. Well, what but, was it? Um, well, the police were heckled and some were assaulted. But then... Yeah. The, so... I have. I have. You're making some... it sound like I'm defending them. I don't. No, 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 I no. couldn't it's care just, less about these people. Uh, it's just one of the issues in this case is the idea of a hate crime, mm -hmm. and that uh, in the first case she was repeatedly saying that she was the victim of a hate crime. So when right now when we're here about police being assaulted, we don't know whether that involves hate crime. So oh, yeah, they, they th there's just... a very significant chance that nothing actually mm -hmm. happened. Well, I mean, normally the go-to thing that police get you on for trumped up charges is public disorder or something like that like the public order act of is it 84 you'll know this Callum, won't you not on my hand, no. um but i think it's that one and they normally just use that if they find someone annoying and want to make their life difficult that would be the go-to um from what i've heard from police officers well yeah it's so Eating. vague and subjective that you can basically charge anyone and then in a court of law it's your word against theirs you're a police officer and the court will favor you so it always comes out on top, really, for them. So that's what they normally And even if it doesn't, they just have to pay you a few hundred quid for false imprisonment. Yep. So it's, it's very Means little nothing. cost for wrong, wrongful imprisonment. And I think that you know, the amount of power the state has over people's lives is appalling. Like, you should be able to say anything you want other than, you know, libel, shouting, fire in a crowded theater, that sort of thing, right? You know, we know the exceptions, and I don't think anyone really disagrees with them. But everything else should be fine. And it's not. And all it does is enable people like this to use their power, which is very frustrating. But um, it is worth mentioning as well, um, mainstream media is reporting that that police officer, the, the lesbian nana one, 
is under investigation. So I suppose it's somewhat of a happy ending. We'll probably find out that they found that, you know, Shiva did something and gets disciplined or, you know, it's not going to result in her losing her job. I'd be very surprised unless the public scrutiny gets too high because, as we know, uh, when lots of people in the public scrutinise a police officer for doing their job, the police service will just throw them under the bus. Um, I wonder what I'm on about there. But um, it's worth mentioning as well, I've interviewed a bunch of police officers on the website. Um, here's one where I interviewed uh, a former undercover police officer. Um, he had lots of stories to tell, very interesting stuff. And I also um, interviewed a, uh, another guy, Stephen Bentley, who has written a bunch of books about real police op- operations and things like that. So I, I feel like I've got a reasonable understanding of how these sorts of things work. But this sort of older generation of police officer simply wouldn't have done this sort of thing because they would have been friendly in their community. They recognized that talking to people and getting rapport with the locals is how you do good policing because then you get tip-offs from people who feel like you know they owe you one. And also people welcome you. They feel like they can trust you. That's how policing should work. They should feel like a member of the community, not just an agent of the state come to drag you away, which is almost certainly what they are now. But um, I wanted to harken back to one of my, my favorite moments in American history, this one. Um, now, I, I think, uh, although this man probably didn't have any justification for pepper spraying those people, um, I, I like the way he, he did it. If you're going to be a tyrant, at least be nonchalant about it. His sort of indifference, like he was watering some flowers. That's how Spraying you do it. But um, he, I think he eventually um, lost his job, but kept his pension. And all of the, the people who are pepper sprayed got $30,000. So I think that's a pretty good deal um, for everyone involved, really, because it could have been worse for everyone. I would be pepper sprayed for 30 grand. I know that much. What, what about yeah, you? Doesn't seem that bad. Who, pay, who paid for those thirty grand? Uh, I think it might. Pay. I think it was actually um, the university. I'm not entirely sure um, yeah. whether they were under university instruction. <laughs> but either way, <laughs> both have the money. Is to that what a university it. cop looks like in America? I, I don't know. Hard hats. I, <laughs> I think he might actually be proper police, but it, it's not the point I'm trying to make here. My point is, if you want to put pressure on the police, meme them into submission. Because if we know anything, the police hate memes and having a sense of humour, because of course, even their own ranks have been thinned of the police officers with a sense of humour. So there are some edits of this that I want you to emulate with the lesbian nana. So things like this, <laughs> pepper spraying the uh, declaration, the signing of the uh, Declaration of Independence. I think that's what that picture is. I could be wrong. Um, and we got Mount Rushmore here. Um, and my personal favourite is this one. There's two memes in one. Um, George Bush holding the crying baby. And a very terrible edit of it being pepper sprayed. But um, this is what we should be doing. If we want to bully the police into being good, which I support, um, <laughs> please don't cite that in court. That was definitely ironic, and I definitely didn't mean it. Um, but I've seen sort of shapings of it, but not much. I, I saw this on, on Twitter. I'm not sure whether this was the person who created it, but it's basically a... Uh, a mock-up of a potential Disney film, which is also rated 18, which I don't think they did. But Lesbian Nana 2, um, this time she loses it and a screenshot from the video. 
I love the description. Starring the BBC as the protagonist, lesbian <laughs> Nana as herself, and the Adidas male choir as the local <laughs> youths. <laughs> no chavs were permanently harmed in the making of this film. Damn. <laughs> it's also rated for 18. I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the one good thing she did do, and part of the reason I'm not as angry about this as I was with the autistic girl, is she was te- pepper spraying chavs. And I feel like even if they weren't doing anything wrong here, that's your brand, isn't it? They've they've probably done something wrong in the past. Okay. <laughs> by, <laughs> by putting on the tracksuit, they have admitted to the world that they have done something wrong. I love your approach to statecraft as always like a, a bigoted 18th century aristocrat. It's just like, well, they may not have done anything wrong, but they're poor. <laughs> they've, they done, they've done something wrong. Yes. Uh. Um. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would welcome more memes if you would like to send them to me. I will share them on Twitter. Um, I will enjoy it as well. And I think that this person should be singled out because they're using their position as um, a means of redressing personal grievance, which I don't think is what you should be doing in the police. You should know better than to to take things personally. And she's clearly not having a good time of it. Um, and I wouldn't like- normally single a, a person out because even if they've done something wrong, I normally feel a little bit bad for them. But in this instance, I do feel like um, some mockery is warranted. You know, not not being horrible and uh, you know calling for bad things—that's never helpful. But just poking fun at the police and this sort of thing because it is silly. Let's be honest. It is silly, but uh, there is also a frightening bit. It's not uh, her specifically, but it is the other people on the previous video. For instance, in the other case, she, she was screaming and ra- raving, and you know she was really upset. But there were some other officers who were her colleagues who were completely calm, and they were telling to the mother who's autistic child they dragged out of the house. Uh, yeah, but she made a homophobic comment. Mm-hmm. She made a homophobic comment. In a, a, you know, they, they were completely unperturbed. So. The issue is that there seems to be a kind of framework within the police that sort of uh, promotes this. Promotes well, they're, they're this. Well aware and there's the of, question, who's mm. getting a promotion in the next year? Her or all those calm people who can actually do the job? I think it will be her because uh, they'll say that we are d- giving you the promotion in order to mitigate the emotional cost that you have <laughs> by seeing your face on social media. Yeah. I don't think her personally, but the sort of uh, archetype of police officer she represents. Don't we need more women in the top of. Things? Because yeah, she's she's had two national scandals. I get the impression that she's not going too far. Um, it's going to get a cushy desk I mean, job look, away the, from the Metropolitan Police. Were defending jihad yesterday. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, the Met Police are a different standard entirely. You know, they're you know, you have, you have the. <laughs> You have the appalling standard set by Wayne Cousins. So if if you're just not a murderer rapist, you're already a rung above that standard. So there there is that. But um, I also thought it was funny that she got so sensitive about being called lesbian nana, and then the mainstream media, you know, the national press started doing it as well. So the Telegraph here, um, lo- local police officer called lesbian nana under investigation over pepper spray incident. So there we go. The Telegraph just. Calling her the name that is a hate crime, as well as the Daily Mail as well. Um, very wordy title. I'm not even going to read it because you need to do better, Daily Mail. I hate that phrase, but yes, do better. That's just too much. That's a paragraph. And uh, my favorite thing of all was the trending tab on Twitter, which, um, if you read as a sequential sentence, is a little bit rude. Um, 
do so it's uh, lesbian nana which of course was the main trending thing in in britain uh, i think it was mostly yesterday and then uh, fingering and then also nadine dorries for some reason um Whatever mental image you have in your head, I'm very sorry, um, but I just wanted to torture you all to end the segment. You're welcome, Callum. <laughs> Grim. I suppose with that, we'll move on. Okay. I think we definitely need to. I'm sorry to scar you. We were joking earlier about what if we put that to an AI generation? No. <laughs> My poor eyes. Right. Don't you love the world? No, the amount of lunacy, <laughs> the amount of lunacy it contains. Uh, yeah, I do enjoy that part. That's yeah, so one I mean, the best bits. eternal want, clown music in my head. Exactly. So I want to make you love life and embrace life and choose life. Because <laughs> I mean, it's train spotting. It, yeah. Every time we, every time we think that we have reached the bottom of the barrel when it comes to lunacy, there are more movements and more silly Bowel stuff that come yeah. out. Yeah, so I mean, you, is that is that a, an optimistic outlook? That's it depends that's a, how you look a, a at it. Barrel half empty, isn't it? It depends how you look at it. If you are in the business, like I am, of si- seeing silly things and laughing and sending stuff to colleagues and in a way <laughs> torturing them, this is. I mean, the, if I were a president or prime minister or something, I would use Twitter just to send random stuff to people. Just, okay, whatever. That's so, your main policy plan. Yeah, so I have Mr. Stelios has posted more tour. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a new candidate for the weirdest movement, and it is as sensible as like deers for hunters, mm-hmm. cows for butchers. To be fair, um, the, the best thing for preserving the welfare of deer is hunters. So there's more truth to that than because cows of course for they butchers. Can, yeah, less so. Well, you could say that again, because also butchers want butchers, a population cows. of cows. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about little old ladies mutilated late last night for werewolves of London? Wow, well, that was a bit left of field. <laughs> how about bad light cans for Kid Rock? <laughs> I don't even get that reference. No, he was shooting bad light cans. Oh, right. Okay. okay oh, Bud so Light. We have a movement to show light. to you. We have a movement to present to you. <laughs> The one and only Queers for Palestine. Now, let's see the first um, here. So we have a lot of people here protesting. Basically, I don't know what it is. Okay, it's just weird. What does Queers for Palestine even mean? Yeah, They just love rooftops and being thrown off of them. We can just see here. No, but like, do you have gay orgies whilst wearing Palestine (laughs) flags? They just wear the scarf, don't they? Hide their identity. some 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 people asked me to make sense of it. And I'll try to make sense of it during the segment, but I'll think in, on my feet. Because the, the I can't scarf make... covers their face, and yeah. they're probably very ugly. So we have Ollie London saying quiz for Palestine protesting. You, York, who's going to go tell them? Now, oh, we have... It's <laughs> Christ, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, for, for those of us who don't uh, see and you listen to it, we have some memes. We have someone uh, standing on top of a of a building, kicking someone else. Obviously, it's a meme. It's it's made up. Shouting, "This is Gaza!" While, <laughs> sho- while shoving the other person. Yeah. Okay. Now let's go to another thing. So let me say something else. Sorry. What, what am I doing here? Uh, were there three hundred Palestinians? Yeah. So holding basically, the, uh, what I want to do, let me just hear when. Okay. So what I want us to say is that with movements like that, it seems to me that 
there's a question arising in us whether the West is doomed and whether the world is doomed because you have people who you would say have seriously miscalculated the things they are for. It's like mice being in yeah. favor of cats, isn't it? Yeah. So if you want to learn more and find out more about whether we are doomed, we have a symposium here, symposium number 41, Can Western Societies Survive? Um, I'm uh, moderating a discussion between Benedict Beckeld and David Thunder. We are talking about things like multiculturalism, the demographic problem and the problems of increasingly centralized state. And basically, we are saying how difficult things are. Uh, with five pounds a month, you can get access to all the premium content and support us. Okay, so I want to say that movements don't come out of the ether. There's always a deep and rich historical context that gives rise to them. And sometimes a lot of the older versions are more sensible than a lot of the outgrowths. So I searched for some queer wisdom in pink <laughs> news. So That's here. A, a strange conflict of terms. Huh? Yeah. But if you see, uh, there is a clear, there's a clear discrepancy between the two things you're going li to listen to, and you'll see that some people have more sense than others, apparently. So it says, here are five ways you can support Palestinian queers, according to LGBT plus group Al cause. This is August 2019, by the way. So you have here... Uh, sorry, um, do you notice the story to the right there, that's right next that's to That's exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> fled and to Israel. Escape you know, persecution and murdered and beheaded in West Bank. And me. Right next to Pink News being like, I'm starting <laughs> with Palestine. Yeah, so that, that is what I want to say that, uh, you know, there, there was some wisdom about the, this that apparently has been forgotten, but this is so 2019. Yeah, but look at the last story as well. <laughs> yeah. Palestinian but, but Authority is, just banned all LGBT activities in the yeah, West Bank. That was guys, 2019 as well. Guys, that's 2019. It is. It is and that, it's yeah. also August 19 of 2019. I, I forgot it is the current year. Yeah. No, it's not. That's uh, the previous year. A bit dark tower Oh, no stuff. way. How did I miss everywhere. it? Okay, so we have stuff here. We have people talking about Palestinian authorities not being exactly LGBTQ plus uh, friendly. Um, they blame it also on the British Empire. As some, well. uh, you'll see. Okay. You'll see. Now, we have the next thing. What comes to mind when you listen to the acronym BDSM? Degeneracy. Not Palestine. Not Palestine. <laughs> well, I think you have a very dirty mind okay. and you should think of it. Why? Because it is the, see here, boycott, divestment and sanctions movement. <laughs> and if you have, a, if you see here, it says BDS. But uh, oh, I missed the movement. M off. Oh, that's and you see here the scales of justice handcuffing someone. That is the M. Here, and then they have, you know, uh, freedom, justice, equality here, but they're barely visible. You know, it's just weird stuff. They had some... Uh, so what is BDS? Let's see. Boycott, divestment, sanctions is a Palestinian-led movement for freedom, justice, and equality. Oh, Apparently. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone knows. Yeah, every, everyone believes you. Uh, BDS upholds the same principle that Palestinians are entitled to the same rights as the rest of humanity. Okay, so I'm not talking about the war or anything. I'm just talking about this thing here. So, overview. Um, they say, say no the BD BDSM uh, <laughs> movement, say BDS movement, say no to pinkwashing. Now, do you know what pinkwashing is? No. Is it making stuff gay? Um, let's see here. Pinkwashing is, an, is, according to BDS, 
movement. Uh, pinkwashing is an Israeli government propaganda strategy that cynically exploits LGBTQIA plus rights to project a progressive image while concealing Israel's occupation and apartheid <laughs> policies oppressing Palestinians. For decades, Israel's colonial and apartheid regime has robbed, oppressed, ethnically cleansed, impoverished, imprisoned, and killed Palestinians, queer and non-queer alike. And they're <laughs> talking about here anti-pinkwashing activists. This is what generated Queers for Palestine, you'll see. Anti-pinkwashing activists and groups have pushed Palestinian rights to the forefront of pride events across the world. More than 100 groups supported the call for Palestinian queers to boycott Eurovision 2019 in apartheid Tel Aviv. Anyway, uh, they, oh, no, was, not boycott Eurovision. If it was apartheid, surely they wouldn't be let in anyway. Well, <laughs> I can't make sense of it, honestly. But I, I, I'm showing you. I'm I boycott you... Eurovision every time it's on by not watching it because it's rubbish. It's just it's ridiculous. It's not like the, the blacks were boycotting the South African parliament. I'm like, well, you know, we just we don't want to be part of it. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Eurovision isn't particularly known for the high quality of the songs. And all, I'm sure and... they sure showed Israel by not turning up to Eurovision. Yeah. I mean, none of this would have happened if uh, must... they boycotted the previous few years as well. Yeah. So I just showed this to you in order to acquaint you with the historical context that led to it. So what we're going to do for the rest of the segment is we're going to just look at the media on Twitter. If we just write Ooh. quiz for Palestine. We have here say, uh, this... A bad idea. What? I don't know if porn's going to pop up. Hopefully no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just full of porn, man. If we see, I've so, never seen it. I don't understand. So... I, like, it do, just doesn't come up for me. I, I, I heard Rory talking about it, and I just presumed that it's because he watches loads of degenerate stuff. Do you have the safety sorter put on? I've not messed with it. Is okay, it on by default? It. Maybe. Okay. We we are looking here at uh, someone who is uh, reacting against the the marches with uh, his uh, and his shows his not particularly positive sentiments towards it. This guy here. What are they doing? Anyway. <laughs> so we have here uh, gays for Gaza and queers for Palestine demanding the end of Israel. So much to unpack here. The level of stupidity is breathtaking. This is a fun one. You see, we have the this. Uh, what is a moose? It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, it says quiz for Palestine when reality hits. Just look. What, just what look is at going this. on here, Stelios? No, just What's look about at this. Just okay, okay. <laughs> just <laughs> I thought that was going to be uh, something else, less family friendly. <laughs> Uh, it just goes on. It just goes on. Jordan Peterson said some stuff. He he is having I, fun here. I do have to wonder though, if you met one of these human beings and hung out with them for an hour and got to talk to them about their life, what kind of mental illness would you declare them to have? Wokeness. <laughs> well, you've got to have something seriously wrong with you. Yeah. To end up in queer to Palestine. Well, it's a pathological, um, pathological use of Western ideas that have attached to Western contexts that deal with Western problems to the whole world and doing so in the name of anti-Westernism. Yeah, I think that they hate their country, they hate themselves, and so it's a natural extension of just their general self-loathing to their own identity, isn't it? Yeah, we have here a weird meme. 
Again, let's see other stuff here. So we have uh, some uh, pictures showing that, uh, you know, the people... Quiz for ISIS, not successful? Yeah, that uh, <laughs> a lot of people in... in it's a really Palestine movement, Callum. Yeah, I'm trying to put it diplomatically. They're not exactly pro-LGBTQ. Um, yeah, we have several... <laughs> <laughs> I think I just saw that. That was a man bunch jumping. Yeah, so we have all sorts of weird stuff here. Weird, weird, weird stuff. We have here, Palestinian leader calls for the elimination of gay people. The Palestinian people will not allow a single homosexual on our land. That does have the format of a memory TV meme, which... Yeah, couldn't... we have... Oh yeah, I, I did see this one. Self-frying... <laughs> Self-frying <laughs> insects. That's a, a lobster, not an insect. It's a crustacean. Isn't it too small for a lobster? Little lobsters. You, get it, you, you can I see mean, their claws. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Crayfish. Anyway, well, anyway. That's right. Yeah. It's a crayfish. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so you get you get the idea. I'm just showing what is here. It says that chickens for KFC. Well, I chickens do. will eat KFC. By the way. Yeah. If you if you ever have KFC, feed it to a chicken. I do particularly like out. the one we just went over though, which is uh, it's hard to see, but if you can see here, someone did turn up with one of the intersectional LGBT flags. And a bunch of Muslims just stole it and ripped it down in London over the weekend. Because <laughs> they were like, yeah, I don't care how queer for Palestine you are. You gotta go. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Yeah. So basically, uh, what, what I want to say is because there are a lot of stuff to discuss about this. I, I had the, you know, the weird stuff for the beginning and I have the more you know, uh, sort of philosophical stuff for the end. So I think it's really funny to see how people who think they know everything, basically, and they think they have to pick a side on everything, even if they don't know what is going on. That's a weird thing. So, for instance, I don't know a lot of stuff about this conflict. I'm, I, I'm, I'm staying out of it, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just showing these bits. So I don't think that a lot of the woke stuff we are dealing with apply here. Do you think that's a symptom of being in the West? Because one of the things I noticed about Americans who moved to Russia, there's a weird section of YouTube of like, I don't know, about 20 guys who have done it, right? Yeah. Every single one of them says the same thing as one of the reasons they like Russia more than America, which is no one asks you to pick a side here. Yeah. No matter what's going on, your opinion isn't important. So there's no, <laughs> who do you side with? <clears throat> Whereas in the West, it seems everything that happens, for some stupid reason, the power apparatus wants you to be involved. I mean, it's... Oh, sorry, Stelios. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, I think we have lots of rhetoric that really fetishizes democracy. And so they're, they're making it out like, oh, my opinion's so important. And it just feeds into people's narcissism. I mean, I, I say my opinion on the internet for a living. Even I don't think it's that important. I know? mean... And this is what I do. I, th so, I, th I think there's a difference between having an opinion and also virtue signaling to a, to a ridiculous extent. Because yeah. you could say that, I mean... Okay, to a degree that we try to read about the conflict, we try to form an opinion. But okay, I mean that's it's uh, it, it's insane to just pick a side instantly without knowing what that is. That's what I mean. And a lot of the a lot of these people seem to me to completely use categories that are referring to Western politics, and they are without a, without they are straightforwardly applying it to everything in the world. This, this always happens, though. I think um, I particularly see American leftists, actually, just saying, comparing foreign politics, just like 
is this like this thing at home? Yeah. Is it exactly the same as this? It's like they, they yeah. can't understand anything outside of the frame of their own personal experience. Exactly. And the frame it is, is very strange, actually. And the frame is, you know, the, the, all that everything boils down to the oppressor and the oppressed. And they're just asking, okay, where, where are we supposed to go boo now? Where are we supposed to go hooray? But b- because they're trying to view everything in terms of the oppressor and the oppressed in the way they understand it as applying in the Western world. And I want to say that what is really weird in these cases is that a lot of the time these people are explicitly anti-West in their rhetoric. They just, they just hate the, the Western world. They constantly talk about the Western world and they do it in a very weird way that denies agency completely in non-Westerners. Well, yeah, they, they just act as if, you know, the reason Africa didn't develop flying cars was just because of the white man. It's like, yes, well, there, and, there are lots of reasons why that Yeah, didn't. and Callum, do you remember that at some point we were discussing about MAGA communism, about Russia, and you told me that within the Russian context, it makes sense? Well, if you don't yeah, yeah. remember... Yeah, I do remember. You did. So uh, I, th- I think that's the idea, that you, in order to actually have a, a good opinion about something, you need to be aware of the, of the context. And people who don't do this, also in the name of anti-Westernism, are just an incre- incredibly conceited. And I just want to say that this seems to me to lead to the denial that cultures have actual differences. And it's, it's just complete nonsense. Well, this sort of approach to, I, I saw it actually quite a lot in sort of the anthropological and sociological literature in the past 30 or so years. Um, the, the stuff that has been published, I haven't been alive for 30 years. But um, <clears throat> yeah, there's this weird view of looking for universals in everything. Exactly. And sure, there are universals in some aspects of, yeah. of cultures, but there are things that are you know, unique to them. And it's this weird juxtaposition between the people who are saying um, all cultures are equal and valuable, whilst also simultaneously looking for all of these universals and applying their own principles as if every single person is the same. Yeah. Like the Middle East doesn't care about LGBT rights and the fact that they're Im- imposing their own conflict upon them, even though there's no desire for it. Is kind of testament to that. I think it's just insane virtue signaling. It's just we stand for the oppressed, whoever the oppressed are, and whatever they seem to be saying. Well, it's not white working class men, but they're certainly uh, fairly oppressed by the state. And I want to say something because there is, uh, I'm trying to make sense of the movement. And by trying to make sense, I don't mean I'm trying to justify, I'm trying to explain why they would do so. So it seems to me that there is something to be said about progressivism. I think that it is two-tiered. You have people who actually know what they're doing and they do it on purpose. And you have the majority, I would say, of people who you could say are being emotionally manipulated by the former categories. It's the academics and the activists, isn't it? It's that and sort of dichotomy. I would add also some politicians. Yes, yes. They, they do count as activists in, the, in this case. Um, but I would say that if you take a moment of notice, if you take just some minutes to think, at the groups that are supposedly protected by progressivist politics, you'll see that they're incompatible. They have completely incompatible views of what constitutes peaceful coexistence. What you mean, uh, gay rights campaigners and Muslims who are against gay people can't coexist? You could say that this is one incompatibility. 
you could say that there are all sorts of incompatibilities, for instance, toilet-related ones. <laughs> and, uh, th- but the issue is that a- anyone, who, anyone, who, anyone who thinks about it just sees it. So they have two things that they are doing. They're just thinking blindly that somehow all these differences are going to be resolved. We are not told how. That's a question to ask SJWs because they never tell us how this is supposed to happen. But there is an even more pernicious element here is that what happens in the meantime? And, the, and I've said so before, but I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting idea and it's relevant here in trying to explaining uh, lunatic phenomena like this one is that when, when you have to unite different groups or groups that are fundamentally incompatible with each other, you do so by inventing a common enemy. And I don't think it is a coincidence that the common enemy in Western societies are invariably the native population of each Western country. So I think that this is how you can explain this, that this is m- most of them, they don't know what, they don't actually have knowledge of what is going on and they have the tendency and they feel the need to identify with a victim why because in the circles they 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 exist and move that idea is endlessly fetishized it's, it's, that we must stand up for the victims and yes. you've got nothing going on in your yes life. such without, a pathetic mindset without ever understanding what is going on all it takes is to label some people as victims i think in by default, identifying with the weak, don't you just point? You know, you illustrate to the world that you yourself are weak as well. Okay, Nietzsche. <laughs> well, it's true. It might be a bit Nietzschean. Well, okay, never mind. <laughs> what about... are you narrowing your eyes at me? That's. I think make any entry... sense. Of course, it makes sense. Identifying with the weak makes you a weak person. If as you, if, stand if up... you, by default, identify with the weak in every scenario. Oh right, right. I, okay. I did. I did add in the qualifiers. I I did think of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that that's. Uh, I think that's what we are dealing with because uh, people who are pointing out the contradictions of the progressivist, within quotation marks, agenda, they get marginalized. And uh, I think that this is how you can explain phenomena like quiz for Palestine. Fair enough. I can explain it by people are stupid. I recently just did some audience interaction with Tim Guest, and I gotta say, Lotus Eaters, you're a lot better at it. Thank you very much for all you do. Now, the Muslim invasion of the UK actually does present a golden opportunity. When Muslims get in power and start oppressing the progressive groups, the right wing can swoop in and save them out of the goodness of their hearts. And consequently, squish the progressives and make sure they never rise to power again. I'm looking forward to seeing one of these one day and seeing your killbot I'm, with I'm hungry an, like an arm-mounted cannon or something I, like that. I'm uh, hungry for a donut, I must say. A donut? Oh, yeah. you saw the inflatable one. Yeah. It's going to the beach, of course. I must say, the concepts that gets bounded around sometimes, the, oh, when the Muslims take over, finally the right wing will have something better. I, I, I'm yet to understand a single Muslim country that was taken over by Islamists, and then all of a sudden the monarchists took over and everything was bliss. Like the the Afghan monarchy is not coming back at all. So I'm I'm uh, skeptical of this idea that uh, even if we do become a Muslim country, things will be better off. I mean, maybe, but it, we ain't gonna get back the world we want 
once that happens. I mean, you look at Greece after the Ottoman Empire. It's not like maybe, but that wasn't turned into a Muslim country. I mean, the the Greeks weren't turned into little Muslims. What was good is that we had population exchanges. So we we have quite no, a Noam Chomsky population exchange or uh, don't, don't get okay. me sorted with him. <laughs> do, you, do you know about that? Uh, about Cambodia? No, no, about um Kosovo. He referred to the the genocide there as population exchange as well. It was just like, <laughs> well, okay. I, I don't know. Just Chomsky for me is uh, is someone who whatever happens, he's just going to be a, a anti US, uh, just whatever. So I was, what what, what were we talking about? I don't know. We're talking so once about a country stuff. gets taken yeah, off by no, Muslims. I was talking about population exchanges. That uh, due to population exchanges in the 20th century, we have a uh, relatively speaking homogeneous population. All right, let's go to the next one. I think Cardi still thing. Is that legal? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's legal, but I'm sure people do it. I'll and, say, can't we? And, we're about- <laughs> and Rus. Thanks <laughs> for fighting. We're allowed to talk about fighting. Rus- I'm time. talking about. Okay. Yeah, who sent <laughs> the word cock? <laughs> haven't, <laughs> haven't been banned in the UK? I don't know if it's been bad. Are you still allowed to own? Because I don't know if you're allowed to fight with your clay. You can't have your fighting each other. That would be that would be obscene. Cock, 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 Boosters. That was just a bit weird because it doesn't make any sense if you center out the word cock. That's I'm rambling. If if we banned fighting with your cock, surely all of the rugby clubs across the country would immediately close down. Why don't think they own cocks? Do they? What? They don't have any cocks. The rugby clubs. It's not usually something a rugby club has, does it? Yeah. Pile of cogs in the back. <laughs> Depends whether it's a men's or women's team. Fair enough, I suppose. I, I didn't know there was that difference. I, I thought yeah. most people uh, just own cogs for, well, I suppose. You, you've never tickets. heard of the, the cock mascot before? The cock mascot? <laughs> Who's the cock mascot? <laughs> we need to stop doing this bit now. <laughs> I'm not doing it, I'm talking about chickens. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't worry. We'll go to the... Uh, Too pure for this world. Written comments. So... Charles Francis, oh, for God's sakes, you can't keep picking the most fancy names imaginable for me to read out. I'm just reading the first names. Do you want me to do it for you? No, you posh bastard. Uh, So Charles says, yelling fire in a crowded theatre is perfectly proper when the theatre is on fire. Thank you, Mr. You should change that to smart Alec there. No, but it is always a funny one. They're like, oh, well, that's obviously banned, isn't it? I was like, no. Well, when there is a fire, fire. shouting fire is not bad. (laughs) It's just such a... I kind uh, of hate it. Like, uh, I remember hearing it the first time and thinking, oh, what a good point about free speech. And I was like, no, that's retarded. Well, it, it's wrongfully shouting fire, isn't it? It's, it's not when we, there we is a fire. We don't need to qualify it. Some, some, some things have to go without saying. And honestly, I get people criticizing me for contextualizing so much. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you know, you, you could just allow people to be consumed by the fire. I think that, that would be the be better your... option. Because if <laughs> you can't... The if you can't detect the fire with your own senses, you've, you've done something wrong. So, Matt says, in the mind of a leftist, two things are somehow magically immune to supply and demand. One, labor. Two, <laughs> Arizona Desert yes. Rat says, who in their right mind would lend a mansion to the government for people who have a history of vandalizing rooms and buildings they're staying in? Yeah, I wouldn't either. I guess the insurance premiums were pretty good. JC says, close some hotels. Where will the migrants go? Come live with us. Isn't it better? Thanks. Kevin Fox says, actually, Josh, it was 112,000 discounts. Uh, sorry, 112,000 pound discount on a okay. 360,000 pound house. Uh, my question is, where did he get the other 240,000 pounds from whilst living on benefits? Selling arms, obviously. 
I mean, he was one of the lead people in Hamas, so he must have been pretty plugged in. Some of the foreign aid, maybe. He also says, odd that the government says 400 hotels are now £8 million a day. Meanwhile, Little Boats Haven investigated and confirmed 331 hotels and £11.4 million a day. Well, it wouldn't be surprising me if all the figures are wrong, Kevin, so you're probably right. If they close the hotels, what will happen to the migrants? Deportation? No. BD Stockholm? Maybe. RAF base? Possibly. Free flats and houses? Most likely. Zombie Philip says, I went to talk with an economist, and he said that even under labor in the 1970s, no one kept up with the projected demand for social housing. Yeah, I mean, Dan did a really, really good uh, interview with some housing developers. It's on the website. We just love house prices, I guess, in which he's talked to them, and they're like, yeah, we literally have never reached 300,000 homes per year. That's the official government target, even under the post-World War II build houses on literally anything you can find, period. So the idea of the government, well, the government said in their conference 300K is their target now. And then the Labour Party came out and said their target is 400K. You can move the targets reached. around all you like. It's not going to change the, the material quantity of houses. But it is like some socialist bollocks where you just sit up and say, oh, I promise a billion pounds. It's very five-year plan under Stalin, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, I want this much coal. doesn't matter about the actual production. There's not that much coal in the union, Stalin. But never <laughs> mind. Matt Thompson says, imagine how much money we could spend on other things or much less tax we could pay if we weren't spending £800 a night per room for people who shouldn't even be here in the first place. Imagine how much cheaper accommodation would be without these people. Yeah. Um, yeah, but well, if you want to see that, go to a Balkan country and get mad at the house prices. Yeah. Taxes are theft and it's all a scam. And actually, the government should be shrinking while we get more economic efficiency. But it's growing because it's all a great big Ponzi scheme and a scam. Um, Sophie says, Well, Stelios, I have actually been to Vietnam and saw a big bridge that connected Vietnam to China. And that bridge had huge towers attached to it, and on the top of those towers, Chinese soldiers with machine guns. Yeah, and they're not letting anyone in if they can help it. So there we are. It's hard to break into China. <laughs> I think the only other source of immigration is North Korea, and that's um, not That's fun. not usually legal, is it? Or easy. No. Angel Brain says, New York is screwed as a sanctuary state. It is legally obliged to house asylum seekers, and the asylum seekers have found out. <laughs> Good luck. Ewan Baker says, using Christmas for sympathy, they don't celebrate it. Yeah, that was something that kind of confused me in the BBC article. It's like, don't you know all these Muslims might be homeless for Christmas? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even pick up on that for some reason. You know, they were going to, I don't know, get a turkey in? <laughs> like, they had plans. Paul Vorbeck says, Tories pushing leftist policies to make them look weak in the eyes of their base. Yeah, it's um, not fun. It, it's just, I, I didn't even know we were using mansions, but apparently we were. And now they're going to stop using the mansions. Isn't that progress? Fantastic. What the hell is this place, though? Uh, we've gone on brand. Not going to. Let's move on to the lesbian nana comments. Okay, so Lord Nerevar says, the question that needs to be asked of West York's um, police is how on earth is that woman still a police officer? That is a good question. Um, let alone still on active duty, the lesbian nana incident should, in a fair world, be a career-ending one. She doesn't even seem to ha have been reprimanded. If I lived in the West Yorks, I'd be writing to my police commissioner, MP, and whoever really, demanding action, fight fire with fire. <clears throat> well, he's right. He is right, yeah. Any rightist country would have just fired her immediately. I mean, I wouldn't have hired her in the first place because she's yeah. a woman. Um, no, <laughs> uh, as in for the police. 
You know, I'm not saying don't hire women. No, I don't. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. I think as a police officer, you have two jobs, prevent violence, prevent theft, or at least, you know, solve the crimes if they've been done. And uh, it's very difficult to prevent violence when you're a five foot woman and, you know, you're against a six foot five man who spends all his time in the gym. It's just not a fair fight. And then no amount fine. of expertise. You're going to ultimately get these women hurt is what's going to happen. To be fair, we did see that. You remember the Muslim woman that went viral, the one with the baton like this, and she looked kind of tough in the photo, and it went a bit viral. And then there was some footage released of her at the, um, I think it was Free Tommy protests or whatever, right? And she was just useless. Like, you've got all these men. They literally had to grab her and shove her behind them so then they could protect her, the male police officers, because there's just this little woman midget. I mean, even the protesters, when they got near her, were just like, whoa, whoa, whoa leave her alone. She's, <laughs> she's clearly harmless. Yeah. So imagine if you're not dealing with nice people like Tommy supporters, but instead drug dealers. Well, yeah, there, there are people out there who mean genuine harm to the police. And so, uh, you know, there's one thing to say, well, how able are they to catch the criminals, which is less able, obviously. But also, you've got the, the sort of moral element of you're putting people who aren't equipped to deal with the problem in a situation they shouldn't be in and wouldn't be in organically. It's, cool. it's almost like double-edged misogyny. I will hire women in very dangerous walls, so then they'll all die. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want British women to die, and, and so I think they should work in other jobs. It's funny, that. Um, Bleach Demon, there was, it seems, um, to have been taken down. A three-minute clip of lesbian Nana um, pushing a short woman around with a baton during this incident. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Just She's already quite short, so it was, she was just hitting like a midget with a baton. In somewhere in Leeds, well, I, I, I need like Benny Hill music playing in the background. Kieran the Meat Man, um, lesbian Nan freaked out and pepper spraying everyone is a classic example of someone who is not secure in their physical ability to handle conflict, going overboard in their violent reaction to it. Um, if you know you can kill a man with your bare hands, a crowd does not bother you. If you know a single man could take you down, um, you see the crowd of average people as an imminent threat to your life and react as if your life was under imminent threat. Well, the thing is, all those chavs could have easily taken her in a fight. And normally chavs are cowards. Um, almost always, they fight in packs like hyenas, you know, and target people when they're on their own. I, I, I couldn't scorn their fighting ability more. But even so, she's like this high, right? Compared to me sat down. She's not holding her own even against a teenage boy. There's just no chance. Um, so she almost certainly was sensing threat and you're pretty much spot on I think Robert Longshaw um, what happens to the police force when you put lots of rubbish low quality people in positions of authority the low quality individuals do things like this I mean yeah. that is pretty uncontroversial I think um, Maria Manzi um, that female officer clearly had no control over herself or the situation a danger to bystanders fellow police officers and herself sadly just another example much like the first segment of mismanaged decline the nation is facing. Of course, it kicks off um, the political and media class will, of course, blame everyone other than themselves. Uh, this shows how the majority of the political and media class do not recognize the importance of first principles of governance and maintaining society if it were to bite them on the ass, um, incompetent and or malicious. I think they take a sort of consequentialist view of politics, don't they? They only care about stuff if it comes back to haunt them in, say, the press or in politics. If, if they've done something bad, 
I mean, as long as it doesn't get picked up on, they don't really care that much. I'm not sure. I mean, the people we're talking about, the kind of media and political class that you're speaking of, when they see the story about lesbian Nana arresting a child because they called her lesbian Nana, do they actually see that as a problem to be solved, that lesbian Nana needs to go? Certainly some of the uh, so-called right-wing press did. Um, well, that's about it. I mean, even that's, the, that's business as intended. Even The Independent ran a story, I think it was The Independent, something like that, that um, ran a story titled, No, Lesbian Nana is not the real victim. So, Why do you even have to argue that? Like in any right-wing country, this wouldn't even be a conversation. It doesn't even need to be a right-wing country. It just needs to be a country with people with functioning brains. Just like, yes, bullying, bullying teenagers is not good um, if you're an adult. If you're a teenager, go ahead. No, <laughs> you can't endorse that. Um, Callum doesn't endorse that. No, we'll get raided by the police. <laughs> I'm not. There, there are probably no children watching anyway. Well, I think this is an 18 plus podcast, so yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, we can get sick. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where was I? Um, oh, yes. Stuart Beresford, um, neuro and gender diversion officer, has not been found guilty of any misuse of power. Zer will be back to active <laughs> duty and will be now be um, issued with a baton and gas rounds. Your compliance will be appreciated. Your resistance will be punished. Give it about 10 years. Maybe we'll be seeing stuff like that. Henry Ashman, um, a very good way of spotting a petty tyrant is that they cannot take being mocked. So the police cracking down on memes is yet more evidence of their current crop wishing they could be the Stasi instead of the traditional British constabulary. The first few months of lockdown were a prime example of this. Yeah, you've got to be able to, you know, take a bit of stick, don't you? That's part of life. You can't have a good back and forth, then everyone's going to dislike you eventually. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I've just read a, a beautiful comment from Kevin Fox regarding your point about women. Okay. So he says, this is why the army doesn't want women on the front line, because men have to spend time protecting women rather than dealing with the enemy. You know, Pretty fair. I think that's a great yeah. point. And then he adds this up with a funny story. It says on the plus side, when I was in the Air Mobile Brigade, they uh, had a female who was terrified of helicopters, so she would offer blowjobs to the truck drivers to travel by road. This meant that our section landed, we were shorthanded until the trucks caught up. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you're a truck driver, I feel like you're, you're really winning out there, aren't you? I, I didn't know truck drivers had groupies, but there you are. Well, apparently so. In the military, you get groupies. If, if they're afraid of flying and they're in the Air Force, which is probably the worst thing you could do. It's like being af afraid of... But we um, need more women representation. <laughs> it's like having a fear of birds and going volunteering in an aviary, isn't it? It's a bit of an esoteric example, but it still stands. So Henry Ashman, um, put simply, if British police carried guns, the officer would have just started shooting random civilians. That kind of person volunteering for a position of power and authority, I'm pretty certain they're doing it. Um, so that the rest of the world can uh, get what's coming to them in her eyes. It's the difference between bossy and an authoritative. An authoritative figure would be able to get people to do what they're told. A bossy person makes demands and no one would listen to them uh, without threat of disproportionate force. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice slowly. Uh, would someone else be able to do some comments? I'm very weak. <laughs> okay. It's so, just too much nonsense in the news. Uh, okay. I'm losing it. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, go ahead. Stokes. Jordi Swordsman, meme your enemies until they cry. They make memes about them crying. <laughs> meme good. your enemies. Meme your enemies. <laughs> see them memeing before. See them memeing before you. <laughs> Being memed before you. Yeah. 
That's it. <laughs> and here the lamentation. Yeah, okay. George Hap, lesbian Nana is the face of the police. They are the enemy of the people and egomaniacal despots on a power trip. Avoiding interactions with them is the way to go. Ever, uh, Robert Longshow. Everyone calling the copper lesbian Nana is a sign that everyone fully understands that she was abusing her position of authority against an innocent individual. Hopefully not long before most of the population understands that the police are not on the side of the innocent individual. I heard somewhere in the Telegraph, I remember when I was covering the first story, that hate crime has been invented as a new category of crime. And uh, around 53% of the victims are police officers. That, that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a very yeah. high percentage of police officer yeah. victims yeah, of so, so-called hate crimes. Yeah, so, oh, here it goes again. I just all of a sudden become very husky. Do you need more water? <clears throat> I'm well, all out of water. We, we have a debate afterwards. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, but that is the issue, that they have the, they have the hate crime category invented because they are trying to say that we're tough on crime and especially West Yorkshire isn't the safest place. Oh, just saying that Leeds is there. Okay, so um, hey, Arizona, there's a rat. These new laws relating hate speech are going to be a holy nightmare for people with autism and pragmatic language disorders. They're going to get into trouble for something that they see as innocuous or don't understand yet. Okay, so quiz for Palestine. Alexander Dake. Quiz for Palestine is simple to explain. These people don't know anything about what's going on there. They just views, view Jews equals whites and Palestinians are brown. Arizona Desert Rat. So Israel is being disparaged because they told the truth about how LGBTQ people are treated in the Gaza Strip. Strip. Makes sense to me. Dripping with sarcasm. Well, the thing is that the Israelis treat them sort of comparably to the West, don't they? At least as far as I understand. That's my impression. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really know. Um, I don't pay attention to it because I don't care. Um, but there is that. So, uh, Bongun the first, on a cheerier note, has Callum got a lasso or something? I've genuinely never seen him this plussed, as opposed to his normal demeanor of nonplussed. He's on the podcast with that me, is. that's why. Okay. He's, he's, I must he's say, just happy for my presence. Nice to see you, my friend. Ah, feelings. <laughs> I already have, no, we already have like a, a gay joke going with Harry. I don't know if I want to start. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Pete. Humanitarian aid has arrived from the production site. <laughs> Red Cross. Shout out to Pete, hero. Thanks, Pete. Hydrating the Lotus Eaters, one glass at a time. Um, okay. Uh, I, I must say also that late, lately, I do think you're more happy. That, at least that's what you show. <laughs> th th these are the vibes I it get. It always sounds very condescending when people say that to you because people have said that to Why? me before and I'm just like, I'm always happy. Shut up. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're always smiling. Even when you're having the worst day of life, you still sit around smiling. It's weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a good trait. You look nice because of it, but this is getting gay again. <laughs> it's all right, Callum. We can, we can take this off air later. All right. All right. Okay, Matt Thompson. I always thought the left were disingenuous in their apparent naivety toward Islam to score gotchas against Christianity. Seeing them genuinely surprised at Muslims stomping on the pride flag confirmed that they are actually as stupid as they appear. With everyone from Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris to Peter Hitchens and Douglas Murray raising the alarm on this decades ago, they can't say they weren't well warned. Omar Awad, the counterpart to no bad tactics, only bad targets is no bad allies, only bad causes. 
they'll, they'll use whoever they can to push ideology, even if it doesn't make sense to work with them. I, th I think that's correct. And I think that uh, an implication of this is that Queers for Palestine is one of the most, uh, one of the best refutation of the enemy of my enemies, my friend. It isn't. Yeah. <laughs> the, the enemy is their own sanity. <laughs> yes. Lord Nerva. Let's not be too harsh on Palestine, guys. Their scientific accomplishments are impressive. Just on their own, they have devised new rocket building techniques, which slash production costs. <laughs> are they talking about the water pipes? I think yeah, it's, uh, yeah, think about that. Okay, and Nicholas Valentine. Guys, clearly the Quiz for Palestine bunch are into extreme-based jumping. I mean, it's <laughs> the only logical explanation why they would be presenting themselves to people with a history of throwing people off of rooftops. They're just thrill-seekers. You see them walking around with parachutes all the time. They just want to be thrown off a roof uh, under sort of dubious circumstances so they can get that quick buzz. That's what it is. I I'm sure it is. You work for the Hamas Tourism Board. <laughs> what do you mean? Trust me, gays of the West. <laughs> Come and spend your money. <laughs> Extreme sports. You don't even have to pay. They do it for free. They're just really passionate about giving LGBTQI people a really good time in Palestine. Oh, oh well, I, really I ran out of comments here. Well, I suppose we'll end early anyway, because I don't want Josh uh, killing over and dying. I'll be all right. I'm recording after this anyway, so I'm going to kill over and die. I don't need the time then, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> fix your throat. I need half an hour to die before I start recording again. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.